Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. I am so excited to have my good friend who I met on the internet and we've become real life friends, Heidi Lee Anderson in studio today. And we are going to talk about her new book, P.S. It's going to be good. How God's word answers our questions about faith, fear, and all the things. And I thought this was such a great topic for us to be starting in January. I feel like we start this new year and there's a lot to trust God with. And Heidi and I were talking before we went live here just about how sometimes you can feel like, I want to trust God, but the world feels heavy and life feels overwhelming and there are hard, hard things. And so we're going to dive into those big questions. And I appreciate, Heidi, how you don't skirt around the hard and you're honest. And I'd love for you to start by just introducing yourself to my audience. Yeah. Well, it is so fun to be here, Crystal. It's funny because we didn't know each other over a year ago, right? And then now look at us. We're hanging out at your house. This is amazing. Um, But yeah, my name is Heidi Lee Anderson. I've been married to my husband, Ty, for 10 years. um, And we have four kids. Oscar is nine. Mabel is seven. Hazy Girl is five. And Dottie is going to turn two, which is just crazy. Um, I first first found you, probably a lot of people found you whenever you were doing your... It was like right before you were going to go into labor with Dottie. And then uh, your reels that you did on Instagram that that went viral. Well, well, she was humongous. I mean, (laughs) they knew she was big and I was measuring big, um, but they just had no idea. And man, when she came out 10 pounds, 11 ounces, we were all like, what just happened? (laughs) But it was, there was one reel where I had her laying on this little sleeper and I had two onesies beside her and it was, hi, my name is Sadie and hi, my name is Dottie. And it was one of those where it's like, help me choose her name. It's like, what other kid on the internet is like, yeah, I'm, the internet actually helped choose my name. <laughs> it's such a weird thing. Um, but no, that was such a fun, a fun time. Yeah. And it, now, I mean, those four kids, I was once told I wouldn't be able to have kids. So now to see them, I mean, it is such a blessing, such a blessing for sure. But I'm also on social media. And like Crystal said, that's how we're friends, how we first started becoming friends. Um, I'm at Heidi Lee Anderson. And man, that used to be just a photo dump of all my kids' pics. And then it evolved to me sharing daily devotionals um, after I no longer was doing that with my church. And it snowballed now into a book, P.S. It's Gonna Be Good, which Mm. is just a humongous answer to prayer. Mm. And you alluded to the fact that you didn't know if you were going to have kids. Tell us a little bit more about that part of your story, not just that, but what was behind that. Yeah. So it was a little over 10 years ago. I felt a lump on my neck and I went to the doctor, not sure what it was. You know, I've heard, you can sometimes just get swollen lymph nodes when you get a cold. Um, But I will always remember sitting on that white crinkly paper and looking over at the doctor who said, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And without any family history of cancer or really any disease whatsoever, I mean, that that kind of a title just went over my head. And I remember looking over at my mom who came with me. I was like, what even is that? Um, 
And they answered, you know, that's cancer in your lymph nodes. And as I walked out of that appointment, I mean, I I wasn't able to see an oncologist for another three weeks. And so I had no idea what that was. I had no idea what treatment looked like, how good things looked, what that, what that even meant for my future. And I will just always remember too, looking up at that bright blue sky. It was a beautiful day out. And I just desperately was needing a savior. And I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but I am talking, have you ever faced a time where it is so out of your control and there is nothing you can do to fix it? You know you need help beyond yourself. You know you need a savior bigger than yourself. And yeah, I was, when I finally got into my oncologist a few weeks later, he explained all the short-term side effects from, I would go through about six months of chemo and six weeks of radiation. And with the short-term, you know, it's like, well, you might have lots of muscle movement in your neck or chemotherapy often attacks ovaries. So best come to terms with that, that you probably won't be able to have kids. Um, and then that was, then he turned the page, you know, to list the long-term side effects and having radiation to the chest. He said, breast cancer is a common second cancer and could come in your thirties. And now being 35, I mean, that hits a little closer to home. And then he went on to say, one of the chemo drugs that we give you could result in a cardiac arrest or a heart failure in your forties. And that, I just looked over at him like, excuse me, how am I supposed to live, laugh, love with conditions like that always hanging over my head day in and day out, right? Um, And so really through that time when I asked these questions and I wondered, I prayed, I wanted God to show up. I thought, you know what? I'm going to pray that he would heal me. And when I go in for that biopsy, man, the doctors are just going to be amazed, right? They're going to see your power on display. That's what I prayed for. That's what I hoped for. Um, But after that biopsy, they did confirm it was stage two cancer. And it was one of those moments where I was like, man, I thought that when you prayed, you heard Jesus say, like, your faith has made you well, you're healed. And it was one of those, it was the first time in my life where it felt like my reality doesn't line up with God's promises. And where do I go from there? Mm. Mm. Oh, there's so many things that I want to ask you about this. But first yeah. off, okay, so you're sitting here. How many yeah. years later? Yeah, it's 11 years now. Wow. I know. I'm and so grateful. You're married with four, four kids. kids. You yes. have hair again. Hair again. I know. It, I was bald for a long time. Then it grew back short and curly. And now it's back to normal. Mm. <laughs> so tell us what it was like just sitting in that. You talked about three weeks of yeah. not being able to get to the oncologist. Yeah. What was that like for you? Like, yeah. how did you sit in Ugh. so much unknown? Oh, it was so dark. I, whenever I hear of someone that um, is waiting for the doctor, doctor, they've been diagnosed and they're waiting to hear the next steps, I say that is by far the hardest spot I have ever experienced where you have no idea. And it's really in those moments where it feels like the enemy can pick you apart, right? Because you don't know. He loves to shoot his flaming darts. Like, let's think on the what if worst case scenarios because you don't know. And, you know, Jesus himself told you in this world you would have trouble. So who are you to hope for otherwise? And it's really in this spot that you can really, I mean, I felt, it felt so dark. I will, I I just have moments for memory just crying over and over and praying and and asking why and for help and and kind of feeling like God was silent and I didn't know what to do. And it was really, really hard for sure. I'm sure there are many who are listening right now who can relate to that, either something yeah. in their past or something yeah. currently where it feels like, 
I'm praying and praying they can relate to you thinking like, if I just pray hard enough when I go in for this biopsy, I'm going to be healed. And then they're not getting that answer that they prayed for so much. What do you do with that? Yeah. And you know what I love? I love that God's Word is living and active, which means anytime we open it up, we can hear God Himself. And so I will always remember opening up um, Martha. Really, I love her story because what do we read? Well, her brother was really sick. And she, I mean, Jesus, she loved, he loved this family very much. She loved him very much to the point where she's like, you know what, Lazarus? I'm going to call for Jesus. I'm going to send him a message. I'm not even going to say his your name. Like, all I have to say is, Lord, your dear friend is very sick, and he's going to know exactly who you're talking about. And it's like, man, we we are friends with God, right? That's a promise we have. So we know that this one who calmed storms, who healed people, who walked on water, I mean, that's the God that we're calling out to. And so she she called out to him. She sent him a message thinking he would come in time to save her. And, and what do we read? Well, Jesus did receive her message in actually a timely manner, but we don't read him making a, a beeline over to Lazarus. We actually see that he stayed where he was on purpose. And I read that and I heard, I felt God I just knew, felt his comfort that it, we may not understand what in the moment why Jesus waited and why he didn't show up how we wanted him to. But the good thing about our good God is he is filled with purpose, that he doesn't waste a single moment. And so that's the encouragement we have when we're sitting in those dark moments. That I don't know how God's going to bring purpose out of this, but I know that he will because that's just who he is and what he does time and time again. And and it, the good thing, what I love about Scripture is we actually are privy to have it all, right? So we know how the story ends, and we know that Jesus actually does come later. And I love thinking and, and picturing Martha. It's almost like you can picture her with her hand on her hip, finger wagging as she's standing and waiting for um, receiving Jesus as he's coming into town. And she's like, Lord, if you would have been here. And it's like, you know, like I asked, then my brother wouldn't have died. And and what are we facing where we are maybe saying the same thing to God today, right? Like, Lord, if you would have only showed up like I asked, like I prayed for then this wouldn't have happened. This terrible, bad thing wouldn't have happened. And and what do we see? Well, two things, really. God, Jesus was filled with empathy that he wept. And it wasn't that he was powerless. It's that he looked on at, at his dearly beloved who was crying over something that shouldn't be. He didn't create us to experience death. He didn't create us to experience sickness. And and that bothered him. And that's like what we can have assurance in when we're facing those dark times that our God actually empathy sympathizes. He's the great high priest who sympathizes with our every weakness. And and he doesn't like it either. He doesn't take it lightly either. But um, the encouragement that I get so much from her story is that while Jesus empathized and sympathized with Martha, he still knew full well what he was going to do to Lazarus. And he is that's he is our sovereign God still today. And he marched right over that tomb. He said, Lazarus, come out. And this dead man came out alive and they saw the miracle for themselves. And and what when I really dove deep, the one thing I want to say before we wrap up her story is actually if you take a look at why maybe Jesus waited, 
Well, there was this Jewish belief that if if a person died, their soul would actually hover over their body for for three days. And and so if Jesus would have come on the scene right away, well, there might have been doubters that say, oh, you know what? The soul was still there. The soul was still with Lazarus. He actually wasn't dead. So that's actually not a miracle. But when he came on the scene four days later, when actually everyone in agreement would be like, yeah, Lazarus is long gone. His soul has departed. Well, that's when Jesus called him back to life so that no one could have doubt over what he did. And maybe God is waiting for for something to do something because he wants to show himself strong on your behalf too. And I don't know what that looks like, but I mean, I did see that with my own story too. So tell us more. You find out this information then from the oncologist. He gives yeah. you this, you now have a name. You yeah. have this kind of plan. Yeah. Then how many months or years? Yes. Like to talk us through yep. what that looked like. Yep, then. that's a good question. So um I dove right into chemotherapy and they did project six months. Um, and so that was once every two weeks. So I would go in and it would be like, man, you just sat in a long line of chairs of everyone just receiving their their chemo together back to back, no privacy. I mean, you're just all together. And um I would sit there for about eight hours and have have um that fusion into my body. And after every treatment, they take your blood work and they track your progress. And after the first time I started losing my hair and clumps would just fall out, I ended up having a head shaving party because I did not. Um, it was actually a friend at church said, you know what? What if we had a party and actually shaved your head to celebrate what God is doing in your body, that he's going to use this treatment to defeat this cancer instead of it be like a sad thing, um, maybe a painful, a private thing that I have to suffer through and the privacy of my own home. She's like, let's party it up. So we did that. Um, and then the second round came of treatment. And I remember one time the, the, it had an adverse effect on my body and I was up all night just screaming because it felt like my tongue was on fire and I had to go back in and they had to switch treatment and give me something else. Um, but it was actually around the third, the third treatment after that was done that the oncologist found that, wow, your body isn't just responding well, like on track as much as we hoped, but like better than we could have even projected or hoped for. So he actually cut my treatment in half. So then I dove into um, radiation that much sooner and I did the full six weeks for that too. So, and I always am like, man, that is an answer to prayer because like to cut treatment in half, that is unheard of. And I just, I know that I don't know why, you know, he doesn't for some and he does for others, but I do know that every good and perfect gift comes from God. And I want to give him that credit where it rightly deserves. So I'm just, I'm so grateful that he did that because man, chemo can do a number on a body and it did a number on my body, but to have that cut in half, I think is just a miracle that I'm grateful for. I was picturing you were talking about sitting in those chemo chairs. Yeah. Like how vulnerable, yeah. just like you know that everyone yeah. is probably there in a really difficult yeah. spot. And and I was just thinking for people who are listening right now, who maybe they're not walking through that, but they know someone in their life who is walking through yeah. chemo and radiation. What would be some advice that you would give for yeah. how we can walk alongside yeah. someone going through that? How yeah. do we walk with them well? And maybe what shouldn't we do? Sure. No, I think that's a great question. My aunt, um, she just finished treatment for breast cancer. And we were talking about that, about what was like the hardest thing 
in that season of life. And we both kind of agreed it was actually the hardest thing was when you'd finally be in a good place and you'd be encouraged by the Lord and you'd be at peace and you would be hopeful. And then you had a conversation with someone where they just felt hopeless for you. And you just took that in and it felt like, man, now I got to go back or now I'm just down and I got to do the work to get back up and to have God's hope again. And that was such a, a trying thing where it's like cancer in itself was hard enough. But I just, I was so grateful for the people. I, I will always remember one person looked me in the eye and said, you know, you're going to be okay, right? And I just, I broke down crying because I'm like, I actually don't know that. So thanks for saying that. And 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 what I what I tell people is as Christians, you're not giving someone false hope by telling them that. Like, I think sometimes we as Christians are like, oh, but we don't know if it's going to be okay. So maybe we shouldn't say that, but we actually do know. Like in Christ, He promises He will redeem every last thing and He will work every bad thing for our good. And we don't exactly know again how that's going to look, but we do know that that's the absolute promise that we will we will see that someday. And so I think we can look other Christians in the eye and let them know you're you're going to be okay, right? I, I know you're going to be okay and kind of have hope for other, for other people that maybe they don't have for themselves at that moment, if that makes sense. Well, in the title of your book, it's going to be good. Not just <laughs> okay. P.S. Yes. It's going to be good. Yes, I, I love, love that. that. So I love yeah. that you've taken that hard thing in your life yeah. of people maybe not giving you hope and said, yeah. I'm going to be a hope bringer to yeah. others through, yeah. through your writings, through what you do online. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional, physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life, in the way that we think, in the way that we raise our kids, in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, if that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com slash crystal pain today, and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash crystal pain. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than HomeThreads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter, 
From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from HomeThreads and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office and it just adds the perfect touch and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from HomeThreads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order. Because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's homethreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. Homethreads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I got to try out Armoire and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years and this one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is and it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But also, I was super impressed within what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, So I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size, and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out Armoire, right now my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style forward slash crystal. That's Armoire Style, A R M. O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try armoire today. Okay, so you went through chemo and radiation. Yeah. Probably just wrecked your body. Yeah. And then how, so how many months was that? So it was about three months of chemo and six weeks of radiation. Okay. And then what happened after that? Yeah. And then you know what? The day I was done, it almost felt unsafe to leave because mm-hmm. you're so used to going into the mm-hmm. oncologist to get this medicine and you're tra- they're able to give you real-time results of where your body's at. And it's like, wait a second, I just got to go back to, to regular life. And, and what happens if it comes back or what, what all these different situations? I will always remember the one piece of advice my oncologist said as I was leaving was he said, now go live. You've mm-hmm. given the gift of life. Now go live. Don't don't look back. Don't let it drag you down. But now go move forward in this new life you feel like you've been given and live. And and man, that was a good perspective shift for me for sure. Mm-hmm. So 
you, when did you meet your husband? Okay. So it was during that time, actually, it was smack dab in the middle of chemo. It was actually, I think after my first, before I was beginning the second and uh, my pastor had asked if I was being willing to if I'd be willing to share my story during communion that weekend. And I was like, well, I don't really want to because I don't really know how good it looks. Um, and I, I almost bought into the lie that I wasn't in a good place to share the good news, which is never the truth, right? And so finally, I felt like, okay, Lord, I want to use this time however, however you want me to. So if you've given me this invitation, I'm going to say yes, even though I don't really want to. (laughs) And I stood on the platform for four services and I basically shared the good news that of Jesus, that I don't know how this looks. I don't know the ending of it, but I do know that Jesus told me in this world, I will have trouble, but I can take heart. Why? Because he's already overcome. And um, guess who just so happened to be sitting and visiting my church that weekend? (laughs) And it was my husband. I mean, it's like the timing of that is crazy. And I always think of Psalm 31 where it says, my times are in your hands. And it's like, that is also the best reassurance for us that we have a God who holds all of our times in his hands. And so it's no coincidence that that one weekend, I just so happened to have the mic is the one weekend that Ty just so happened to be visiting my church. Um, but we actually didn't talk that night. He went out to dinner later with his friends and he said he was looking at the table and there was someone that was just like, it's so sad, like 23 and already facing cancer. It was just like a really sad story. And he looked around and he was like, man, if this is how everyone is responding to her, let alone if this is how the church is responding to her really without hope, then I need to reach out. So he sent me a Facebook message and it was very simple. It was just, I'm praying for you. God wants you well. And we ended up just messaging back and forth, back and forth for about, I think it was two months. And then we went out on a date when I'm wearing my wig and I'm going into radiation treatment during my lunch break. And then I met up with him later in the day. And then it was one of those where it was three and a half hour date and we just hit it off right away. And we both say it was really love at first sight. Mm -hmm. We just knew then that we were going to be together. And I was just thinking if you hadn't been faithful to go stand on that stage, hold that mic when you were like, I don't, I don't think that I have anything (laughs) good to share. Or if he hadn't been faithful to say, she needs hope. Like she needs to hear words of hope. Like both of you were faithful in in something that looking back, it kind yeah. of felt like a little thing. A little thing. And maybe something that I didn't even want to do. But it I was know. huge. Yeah. Like, it changed the trajectory of your life. Isn't that insane? Mm. I think it's insane. And I mean, really, whenever I struggle through a hard time now, that's kind of the moment I look back on where it's like, man, God could have sent Ty really at any other point now in my 35 years of life. But he chose like the short six month stint when I desperately needed hope for a future. And I just, I love that about God, that he shows up when we're at an all time low and he does things that really we could never ask for or imagine. And Ty Mm -hmm. is for sure an example of that for my life. Mm -hmm. So you have carried with you then, I know that it's not just like, okay, you went through chemo radiation, you, you got a clean scan and then it was like, okay, you don't ever have to have any fear, worry about anything (laughs) for the rest of your life. (laughs) There's been a lot. And I was just thinking back to what the oncologist told you of like, it could have this effect. It could have this. I mean, that's a lot to carry with you of like, at any moment, there could be some repercussions of something, you know, how have you then processed through that? How, what does that look like for you? Yeah. And honestly, sometimes it is a day by day, 
moment by moment battle where it's like, well, what's this lump? Or I'm heading into my mammogram. Well, what if this isn't, what if this flag something? And, and a couple of things really one, I mean, the community you build around you is so huge. Like, like I said, you, you hear Ty's faith. And I always say, I mean, his spiritual gift is faith and he has faith like Bible heroes did. And I don't, I don't, I feel like I have to remind myself and claim God's promise. I really work at, I'm going to choose faith now, but for Ty's very natural. It feels like it's such a gift from the Holy Spirit. But anyway, so I really lean into him where if I am nervous or I'm scared and I'm battling those what if worst case scenarios. I mean, he reminds me of the truth. And really, we have this big wall hanging in our in our house. And it's that Philippians verse where it's whatever is true, da-da-da-da-da, think on these things. And he'll always be like, is this true? Like what you're thinking about, do you actually know for sure it is for fact? And it's like, well, actually, no, I don't. And I was just listening to this, um, actually, this podcast. I forget who it is off the top of my head, but she was saying that when you actually call something out like that, that it actually isn't fact. There's this thing that releases in your brain. It's almost like it's this release, this comfort. And so to call out truth for what it is is so important. And Ty, Ty definitely does that for me, for sure. Um, but then the second thing is, man, I have to be in God's word, like as a lifeline every day of my life. And, and it, why? Because it counters those lies. I mean, he, Ty will even remind me, these kids, the doctor said, you probably wouldn't be able to have, and now they are walking miracles. And I have to remind myself, it is God alone who holds the final word. And so, well, what is his word? I have to read it so I can actually know it and I can rest in those promises. And so I really think those two things help me that the Lord has given me that community with Ty and, and close friends that can, and family that can speak into that. And then also his word, right? It's such a gift to have that in our hands and to to really know that and saturate our days in it. Mm. It's such a good question that he asks, like, is this truth? Yeah. And I think we should be asking ourselves, but also asking yeah. others, like, yeah. is this truth? Yeah. Because so often, Renee Brown talks about like in the absence of data, we make up stories. Yes. And so often yes. we just are filling our mind yeah. with stuff that is not true. Yeah. And we're worrying, what if scenarios yeah. we just, and then we just you know, go over and over and over in our head. And then it becomes like, it becomes truth to us because right. we've just thought about it and yes. worried about it so much. All exactly. of a sudden we're, you know, stressed about something that is getting, like when we actually tell someone else, one of my friends just recently was telling me how she was so worried about her husband was going to fall in love with this other woman after she died. Oh my <laughs> word. Totally. We were totally. Just, and she said how she had spent so much time stressing over this until she, you know, her oh. husband was like, hello, you know, like we're married today. Yes, you're alive. <laughs> yeah, you're focus so on that, you know, but, but we can all do that. For we sure. can all just sure. play this out into this thing that, you know, then asking, is this truth? Is yeah. this truth? That's yeah. so good. So God's given you the opportunity now to get to share with hundreds of thousands of people online through what you, what you do. I'd love for you to tell a little bit about online and your heart for what you're sharing there. For sure. Well, I always picture, I, I picture someone today being told bad news and it might be a cancer diagnosis, but it might be like a miscarriage or a unforeseen bill, or maybe they're struggling with their cold marriage, whatever it is, where they faced a curveball and 
they are starting to lose hope and they're wondering where God is really. And uh, because I've been there myself and I, I, at times I'm still there and I want to show up online because what does Second Corinthians tell us? Well, the God of all comfort doesn't just comfort us for our own selves, although he is so good to do that, but he tells us so that we can also comfort others with the comfort we've been given from him. And I just have received so much comfort over the years through our faithful God. And I just, I, I'm desperate for women that are in a hard place that are waiting for that, that haven't seen that yet, that they might, they might see that through a post, be encouraged by a reel, whatever it may be. Um, but ultimately too, like we're the body of Christ and we got to link arms and God didn't want us to do this life alone. He's given us one another. And so how fun that we can do that on social media, on the World Wide web um, and meet people that we don't know in real life, but we're going to meet in heaven. We're going to party together. And so I, I just love showing up online for that reason that maybe today is the day that God raises their hope. He gives them um, just, I don't know, just something of a, a reassurance of where they're at and bolsters them in the truth. So that's my ultimate hope for sure. And also to make people laugh. You have a, th- you have a 30 day guarantee. <laughs> well, well, it's 30 day. Yeah. So give me, give me that at least. <laughs> um, and so it's uh, at Heidi Lee Anderson and yeah. Miss Mother Hen are the two yes. places to follow you. And then as we close, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your book, because I think yeah. it's just kind of the culmination of everything that we've talked about. And for anyone who's listening, who's feeling like, I don't know, like, is God good? How do I trust God in the middle of such darkness or this really difficult diagnosis? And so you wrote this book, P.S. It's going to be good. How God's word answers our questions about faith, fear, and all the things. Yeah. Well, it feels like over the last 10 years, I've asked a lot of questions. And so actually every chapter of the book is one of those questions. Like, what if the worst case happens? Or what do I do when God feels silent? Or what if my reality doesn't line up with God's promises. And as we jump into each chapter, we actually follow a new Bible hero. And as we follow behind their footsteps in their real life, I and before fast forward to their highlight reel that we so love to do, when we actually sit in the middle of their stories, then that same disappointment, that same fear, stress, overwhelm that we feel, we notice was also felt by them too. But when we watch what God has done and what God has said and what God has promised, not just to them, but to us too, well, then we realize, man, Romans 8, 28 is ultimate truth, absolute truth across all of time that He will indeed use all things, not just some things, not just the little things, a couple big things. No, he will use all things for our good and his glory. And we can take that to the bank. We can put our trust in him and in that promise. And so that's the ultimate, that's the ultimate message of the book. I just want you to walk away being confident, man, no matter how it looks today, God has something good up his sleeve. And P.S. It's going to be good. So there's Bible characters that you go through. You talk about Gideon. What if I don't have what it takes? Yeah. <sighs> Have we all felt after my own art? (laughs) Esther, what do I do when God feels silent? You alluded to that before, and I think that's a really powerful question. Joshua, what if God's promises don't line up with my reality? Mm -hmm. And Martha, like you talked about, what about when the worst case happens? So anyone who is listening, if you can relate to some of Heidi's story or to some of the questions that she has asked or that these Bible characters, you know, that they had to process through as well, or you know someone 
who is walking through a hard diagnosis, a relationship that's coming apart, uh, maybe financial struggles, disappointment that is just gut punching you or whatever it is that just feels really hard, really dark, really unknown, the curveballs. I just really encourage you, get a copy of this book, P.S. It's Going to Be Good, How God's Word Answers Our Questions About Faith, Fear, and All the Things. I think it will really, really encourage your heart or the heart of your friend, and it will give you some answers some clarity and some hope, which we all need hope that you're not just going to be okay, but it's actually going to be good. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 